Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh-Cedar, and today we are going to talk about 10 tiny mood boosters for kids. Now, listeners to the Therapy for Real Life podcast know that usually I focus on self-care strategies for adults, and the reason I'm doing that is because we have a hard enough time accessing mental health and therapy in this country. So this podcast is designed to adapt those burnout prevention concepts that you would usually only learn about in therapy and take them home with you in a way that lets you adapt them and integrate them in your, your real life. So lately I've been hearing from a lot of parents because they are in shelter in place right now and everyone is having to change their relationships with everyone because not only are you a family but you are now co-working in the same place. If you weren't a teacher before you now are because you're homeschooling your kids in a way that you probably never have before and you're also having to navigate relationships with uh, partners at home and other family members so this is a really challenging time for families and whatever your coping looked like before it's going to have to change so today to focus on our coping as adults, I wanna give you some strategies that will help you support the kids in your life. So you can think of uh, the kids at home with you now if you are sheltering in place with little ones in your family, or you might stick some of these strategies in the back of your mind and think about how you might reach out to parents Um, in your life who have little ones and just to lend a little bit of support and empathy you can do that from afar and um, just let them know that you're thinking of them and what an adjustment this is. So let's dive into the top 10 strategies that came to mind when I was thinking about how to support all of our kids through these challenging times. First and foremost, the number one important strategy that you're always going to have to think about with kids is creating a routine. Kids love routine. Whether they tell you so or not, instinctively, kids love to know what's going to happen next. And this is really important as a self-care skill because especially during this time when all of the regular routines have been thrown off, We need to give kids something to look forward to. That is a really healthy coping skill to be able to practice hope and optimism. So this is where you as a parent are gonna do the hard work because it does take work to put these strategies together. But I think if you put in the effort, you'll see that it is worth it. So this is where you do the hard work of creating a calendar or a reward chart where you can track the days of the week and also have something really special to look forward to. So in our house, um, I've actually heard this request before. I've heard the question, hey mom, how come there isn't such a thing as National Kids Day? 
And I have to say, when I heard this question, it really cracked me up because I even remember when I was a kid uh, asking my parents the same question, looking at the the holidays on the calendar and saying, hey, how come there's one uh, that's not just for kids? And of course, the answer that I got as a kid from my parents was every day is National Kids Day. And uh, sometimes it was quit your complaining, right? Um, and typically, I'd say maybe my response would be something similar. But in times of shelter in place, this is the time to pull out all your creativity and all the stops. So in our house, we just went ahead and made it up. We created National Kids Day. Uh, I let my kids pick the day that they wanted it to be. They picked one about a month from now, which is perfect because we have that to look forward to. And the kids get to be really creative as they make up what that even means. I asked uh, some questions about that, and basically it means the adults do a bunch of special things for the kids, which makes sense. And I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to play along with the kids in that way and make up a new holiday and put it on the calendar and circle the date and count down the days because that is important for our mental health. So creating routine, incentives for, for special behavior, even consistent consequences that we can expect for bad behavior, all of these skills give your kids a sense of boundaries and containment. This fosters a sense of safety and hope. Once you have a routine in place, the next skill I want you to think about is planning calming rituals that the whole family can participate in and look forward to. So this is a time in your day that happens no matter what. If things are stressful or hard or even if it's been a terrible news day, it is important for kids to know that there will be time for peace and calm and reflection. And they won't know this unless the grown-ups around them model this for them. So they will look to you for this. So calming rituals can be anything from saying your prayers before bed or sharing gratitudes of the day exchanging compliments or appreciations in the family of things that were noticed and appreciated. You can do even aromatherapy for, for little babies. You can uh, smell the scent of lavender each night before putting that little baby to bed. The point about this is to reinforce that things are going to be challenging, things are going to be hard, there are things that we don't know in this world, but as parents we can also offer that calming confidence to know that there are some things we do know. And by creating these rituals that are a sacred space for you and your family to go to, you are creating trust and stability which are really important for protecting that mental health for your little ones.
just as important as having quiet moments of calm in your routine, it will be just as important to have high energy moments and encouraging your kids to play and move their bodies. So this is where we're gonna use the skills of bio mood hacks to help your kids learn how to channel their mood. So bio mood hacks are, are just the idea that we can change the way we feel and our mood by changing how our bodies feel. You already know this as a parent. You know how important it is to have snacks on hand and encourage your um, kid to rest and have water and have all their basic needs met. You've noticed the impact that that has on their mood. And you can also channel that effectively in the moment. So just like adults respond well to channeling their body to make them feel their best in their mental health, we can help kids do that by teaching them bio mood hacks. And there are a bunch of really simple ways to interrupt the body's stress response. And we can adapt these strategies for kids. So one of the best strategies we have for improving mental health is exercise. And of course you can make sure that your kid is getting enough exercise by taking them out on socially distanced walks and um, even if you have to run in place or do jumping jacks, it's going to be important to find a way to get um, you know, a healthy way to expend their energy. But then I want you to remember that you can sneak this in in one minute bursts if you have to. If people are just jumping off the walls, why not just channel that energy and everybody get together and you can do one minute of jumping jacks or with adults, I might do a 20 minute progressive muscle relaxation exercise. If everyone is, um, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, that's a good way to calm you down. With kids, you can turn it into a game. So you can teach them how to uh, tense all of their muscles at the same time. With kids, I like to pretend that we're uncooked spaghetti and you would tighten those muscles tight, 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 as hard as you can. And then you would release all those muscles together. Turn this into a game and say, oh, now we're cooked spaghetti. And you would let all those arms and legs and muscles just loosen up and be really silly about it. But what you're doing is you're channeling the body's innate capacity to manage stress by, by hacking your mood with your body. So you can do this in all kinds of simple ways. Cardio, by moving your body, tensing and relaxing different muscle groups together, turning that into the game, uh, or connecting with the breath. So you can, you can teach kids how to do zen breathing and mindful breathing. You just have to make it fun. And the way to do that with the breath is, you know, you might show them, hey, look, I'm pretending that I have a big balloon in my belly. You want to see uh, what color do you think it is? And just make it up and say whatever their favorite color is. And you have a balloon, too. And look, let's blow them up together. And you would show them how to, um, you know, exaggerate the motion with your hands and take a big belly balloon breath in. <gasps> And then the fun part for kids is you get to pop the balloon and blow out all the air and make a big, make a big game of it and, and do that a few times. 
and making it into a game you will see your kids will take 10 deep breaths and they as they burst the balloon and sometimes that can just shake up the mood in the room so if it ever feels a little bit of kind of staleness in the air or a sibling uh, rivalry going on that might be a good time to just shake things up with a little bio mood hack and get the whole family to move together um, and get kind of the sillies out, get the wiggles out. And actually teaching your kids how to do that, first of all, when they're not upset, but then, you know, when they're in a moment of frustration, uh, it will be nice for them to have that skill already. So if they're upset, you can connect it. Hey, remember when we did the balloon breathing? Can we do that together now and see if that helps? Look, I'll start. Right? So we're looking for just options and tools to give our kids. And as they grow up, they will learn how to do these things for themselves. For now, we're modeling them right with them. The next mental health strategy for supporting your littles is going to be to help them find some kind of creative outlet that lets them just be free. This is so important to allow kids to express themselves however they want to, which does include being messy. And that means that you're gonna to have to find the right space and place and time for them to be able to do this. This is a great time for you to stop everything that you're doing. This is a pandemic after all, so you do have an excuse. And to join uh, in the creativity with your kids. This is an opportunity for you to fill your emotional bank account and uh, really get into a flow state with your kids. It's important that um, in this world of uh, the tendency to helicopter parent our kids and give them um, tasks to do a lot of the time, we need at least some space, uh, especially now, where they can be really, really creative. And if you're noticing that your kids are talking about certain themes or picking up on the anxiety that's around them, this is where you can get really creative along with them and make up a story that's empowering. Maybe even put the, your kid at the middle of the story, turn them into the superhero and be really, 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 really creative. Kids love stories. And if you ever find that you are just getting stuck on a particular issue at home, someone's wetting the bed or hitting their sister or doing something that they're just, you can tell they're ready to grow out of it, you might try telling them a story. And something that is true across cultures throughout the world is that we tell our children stories to keep themselves safe, even uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears was a story about be careful when you talk to strangers. You get to pick and choose the stories that you tell your children. And in terms of mental health, I want you to be really creative as you boost and build resilience with your kids and help them be creative as they develop their own identity and creating that space for them to play with identity and be authentic in that way is part of our job as parents. 
and lucky you because you get to pay attention and learn who they are in that process. So this is just sticking up for creativity and treating it as important to our mental health as it actually is. Number five on our list of 10 tiny mood boosters for kids is to create a sense of challenge for your kid to develop a sense of mastery and competence. Something that kids naturally get out of school is the sense of learning and progression and moving towards something that you didn't know yesterday. And school is set up to do that. Kids move from one grade to the next and they have to study for exams. And here we have parents sheltering in place and they don't necessarily have a teaching degree. They're kind of making it up as they go along. Plus they already have oftentimes another job uh, that requires their full-time attention. So as we shelter in place as families, something that you might notice as a parent is just the frustration that kids feel with ongoing boredom that is real we can all sympathize with that it's hard for kids not to grow and develop and and take on the next challenge so something that's really going to help you as a parent is to give your kids one challenge at a time that they can really work towards and maybe this matches the learning that goes along with the curriculum that the school is sending home for you, but maybe your school's not sending as much guidance as you would really like. So you really do have to personalize this to your kid and maybe even ask them what is a challenge that's worth working on for them. And this is where we go back to that routine and think about incentives along the way to help them. But we always want to make sure that our our kids have a challenge that's moving them forward. This is really important for developing self-esteem and self-worth is that kids know how to give themselves credit for doing hard things. Sometimes in moments of disaster or trauma, we're, we're tempted as parents to bend the rules and give our kids whatever they want just because um, we wish we could solve all the other problems out there, but we can't. So maybe we could just uh, give them the candy or stay up late or uh, do the things that we're tempted to do as parents. But we have to, to check that feeling and, and give our kids the stability and movement towards, towards challenge. So that's something that we can offer them. So this is that skill that helps your kid build mastery, and self-appreciation and competence. Number six on our list of mini mood boosters is going to help you manage any disappointment in the home by using the skill of fantasy. Now, if you have been in shelter in place for a while, I'm sure you've already had to deal with a lot of disappointments at home. Why we can't go to soccer practice, why we can't have a play date, even if we really, really, really wash our hands. It is just so tempting um, to wanna give the kids that, 
the things that they want right now because probably we're experiencing a lot of the same grief uh, over loss. And this, this can make it really hard as a parent to know exactly what to say when your kids are asking for just perfectly reasonable requests, but in the time of a global health pandemic, we just can't give it to them. So you might be tempted to say over and over again, yes, sweet, we just can't do that. I'm sorry, honey, we can't do that. And, and, and that only works up until a certain point. Kids can only kind of hear that so many times. So what you might try instead, the next time anyone in the home is experiencing disappointment, is just go ahead and just sit there for a moment, sit with the disappointment, and let your fantasies run wild and just think about with, with your child what it would be like to have all of those fantasies realized. So let's say it's someone's birthday. Now, wait a second, why can't we go celebrate their birthday? Why can't we go visit them? Why can't we have cake? And you might have a really good answer to that because of the pandemic and because we wanna stay safe and because we wanna help the doctors and nurses do their jobs. Now that would feel, that is true, that's true. But if we wanna help our kids cope with disappointment, Sometimes we have to show them we, we, first of all, really understand what they mean. So we can join them in that understanding through fantasy by saying, gosh, it sounds like you wish that we could just run out the door right now and go to the store and touch all the toys on the shelf and shake all the boxes until we found just the perfect one. And then we would go to the birthday party and we would hug everyone, wouldn't we? and we would jump up and down and not even be really careful about washing our hands and we would eat snacks and um, have even a maybe a food fight gosh that would be fun and if your kid is joining you in this they, they probably will because it'll feel really good is they'll have their own ideas about exactly what they would do if they were king or queen for the day or if you know they could have all the magic wands and make these things come true. So we can't always give our kids exactly what they want and they're not always asking for that anyways. They are often asking for our understanding. So I just want to give you permission. If you're tired of saying, no, we can't do that, I'm sorry we can't do that, or explaining why, maybe just give yourself a little pause and do something else for a moment and just kind of let reality float away for a second and join your child in just fantasizing. Go ahead and give it a try and see what response you get. You might get just a little bit of satisfaction um, knowing that that little, that little grief or loss your child is experiencing is real and you're able to join them in that. This is gonna help your child develop a feeling of being understood, having empathy with you, feeling cared for, and feeling respected. Number seven on this list is going to be really popular with the kids because this is where you really practice letting the kid be the boss. You are gonna help your kid develop good coping during this time 
if at least some of the time they get a little practice being the one in charge. Again, you're helping your kid learn how to make really good decisions by letting them have the chance to pick and choose. But it also just feels good as a kid or any person to have a little sense of control. So this is always true for kids, but especially now when so many things have been taken away from our kids, routine, choice, freedom, having exactly the, the kind of play that they wanna have. So you can turn that whole situation upside down by having a good sense of humor about it. And uh, whether this is for five minutes or the whole day, it'd be playing and, and giving your kid the chance to either be the grown up or the boss and be just as exaggerated as you can about this, but let them have it their way. So whether, whether we're talking about making dinner that night, we know that research says that kids are more likely to eat their veggies if they are the one that picked out the veggie and helped cook it. So that's an example of this. Um, giving them gentle choices for activities they can do, giving them two or three gentle options and then letting them, you can pick any one of those that you want. Um, or, you know, get really silly about this and say, okay, I'm in between work calls. I've got 10 minutes, you're the boss, what do you wanna do? and get really silly about it. Maybe even give your kids some suggestions, right? Do you want me to uh, dress up like a baby? Do you want to boss me around or tell me what to do? And really play with it. And, and when they tell you something, you say, okay, 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 I'll do it. And uh, make a joke out of it, but just show the kid, you know, you are in control, you're the boss here. And I have to tell you that that is gonna feel so good for your kid. And depending on your parenting style, they might even be totally surprised by that and even taken aback. Um, sometimes we can surprise our kids in that way. So just like, you know, you can relate to that feeling if you've ever had a manager that micromanaged you or told you to do your job in a way that you just really didn't appreciate, you know what that feels like kids are dealing with parents who have all of the control all the time so they have the keys they have the wallet they get to make the decision and during this time of being in shelter in place you're going to feel even more of a sense of lack of control so this is really important for developing a sense of autonomy trust mutual respect and this can also help you build buy-in and motivation just to get a sense of flow in the household is having times when it's really clear when the parents are in charge and they are going to make those decisions um, and sometimes kids can kind of go with the flow on that knowing that their parents respect them enough to give them at least some of that power back some of the time that can feel really 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 good Number eight, maintain social traditions and connections. So just like we talked about before, the importance of having a family routine 
and special occasions to look forward to and calming rituals. We need to do the same thing and put a structure in place to help your kids keep that social connection alive. So you can do this in a number of ways. You can have dance parties, bingo games, circle time with friends and family. You can play pen pal and share voice memos with family members and friends. And I know you have a lot on your plate right now, um, but I wanna encourage you to think about just adding in a little structure around this social connection piece so that you can help your kids maintain a sense of continuity. Something that we already can anticipate that we know is gonna be really hard is that time when all the kids come back together again, whenever that is going to happen. We just don't know whether it's in the fall for school coming back together again or if we have to wait even longer than that. We can just imagine what a tough adjustment that can be for kids. We know that separation anxiety is already a really normal part of childhood development, but now we're gonna see that get really exaggerated when there comes a time when we all go out of our little family bubbles and reconnect. So that skill starts now as we are sure to talk about our loved ones and keep that connection. So you're gonna be sure to talk about um, the important people in your life with your children, even if they're not bringing it up. And you're gonna say things like, oh, your favorite teacher is home with their family and they are safe and they're snuggled in their bed. And you know what? I wonder what they're doing right now. And you might even imagine together. And you're just gonna make a, a little structure where you keep in touch with those family friends and tiny friends of your little one, just to know and, and keep in mind, this is something that's gonna stay consistent for us as a family. We're gonna keep these people in our thoughts, we're gonna keep them in our actions, and we're gonna keep them in our routine. And that is gonna be important now, and it's also gonna be important moving forward. Number nine on our list of mini mood boosters for kids is sleep. Sleep is essential. And in fact, I would challenge you try to get your mood in order without good sleep. That's gonna be really, really hard. And parents will often feel the effects of sleep, um, but not always connect it to just how essential it is for mental health. And so we wanna structure and protect sleep as much as possible. And a lot of parents um, sometimes forget just how much sleep kids even need. Kids need a lot of sleep for their brains to grow and develop. So newborns uh, sleep from 14 to 17 hours a day all the way up to a year you're gonna need 12 to 15 hours and toddlers around you know ages one to two still need 11 to 14 hours of sleep and that's 
you know, narrowly goes down a little bit, 10 to 13 hours for three to five-year-olds, somewhere between nine and 11 hours for six to 13-year-olds, and teenagers um, need eight to 10 hours, right? So adults average around seven to nine hours, which if you notice, that's a lot less than what kids need. So if you forget to pay attention and you're noticing just the sleep rhythms in your house are averaging out more towards the adult end of the spectrum, no wonder uh, you might be dealing with some cranky kids. So for sleep to be effective, we're going to uh, treat sleep as important as it is and we're going to set up a whole structure and a routine to make that calming and something to look forward to. So something we're going to keep in mind as parents is that the language we use around sleep is really, really, really important. And in fact, when it comes to good sleep hygiene and how to help people have really good sleep, of course, you're going to look at your diet and talk to your doctor and make sure there's nothing um, you know, in your medications or other supplements that interrupts your sleep. But besides that, the number one tool that we have to help us have really good sleep is actually cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, this is where we understand that the way we think about things affects how we feel. So back in the olden days, you maybe heard parents say things like, uh, be good or you'll go to bed without your supper. And sleep was used as a punishment. Go to your room, go to your bed. And it takes on this really negative feeling. It's kind of like you can understand why sometimes grown-ups say don't go to bed angry uh, because it's not good for you. You'll have bad sleep. And the way that we can do this with children to support their sleep is to always talk about sleep um, as, as the wonderful thing that it is. It really is wonderful that we get to go to sleep each night. And the way that you're gonna talk about that and structure that in your language is you're gonna, you're gonna talk about it like it's a sweet treat. And say things like, oh, lucky you, it's that time of day where we rest our bodies and go to sleep and get ready for another day. And if you have sleep challenges in your house, this is sometimes where people even call a therapist and um, or their doctor and try to get really structured around sleep. This is the kind of thing that t can take a little time to work out, but you're going to use that broken record approach to have good rituals around sleep so that your children know when sleep happens, where sleep happens, and that it's a good thing. And back to that creativity um, point we talked about before, if you're having difficulty with sleep, what you might do is write a bedtime storybook together and to recraft that narrative around sleep and create that routine. And, and then Susie kisses her teddy bear to bed and she says to the teddy bear, sweet dreams, and she kisses the bear right before she closes her eyes and falls asleep. This is the power of suggestion that we're teaching our kids as we model for them how that story should go. So we model that and we set the tone. Sleep is a basic necessity for your kids' mental health and it's a good thing. 
And so we can talk about it that way as well. Last on our list of tiny mood boosters for kids really should be the first on our list because this is where you take it upon yourself to fill your own emotional bank account to prepare your own capacity to support your kids by making sure that you have reserves to draw from. So if we're gonna support the mental health of our little ones, we really need to make sure that we are equipped to do so because as parents, our main job is really to pay attention. It's to read the room to read your child's face. This is that art of attunement that helps you tune into your child's needs, respond and read them effectively so that your child builds trust with you. So that if a baby cries and a parent picks them up, that child knows, oh good, I can trust and I can depend on that parent. But for us to have our own capacity to draw from, to be able to do that, we need to do all the mental health challenges on this list as well. We need a good night's sleep. We need creative outlets. We need fun challenges. We need to be the boss sometime. We need a way to manage disappointment and someone to talk about it with. So that is the challenge I'm going to leave you with at the end of this podcast is I hope that probably I've told you a bunch of things that you already know. That's because these are uh, essential truths and um, we tend to have some natural wisdom around this, but it doesn't mean that we always do these practices. So this is my invitation for you as you close the podcast, is that you spend the next few minutes after today's episode and look at your routine and structure it the way you would like to have it. See if you can put in a few extra supports specifically with supporting your kids' mental health and helping them boost their own capacity. And as you do that, I want you to add in one or two activities that are specifically for boosting your own capacity. This is something that you need as a parent and it's essential. So I hope you enjoy that challenge because self-care is something that we can only give to ourselves and you are doing the extra gift as a parent of modeling for your children how they can also give that to themselves. But in the beginning, you're gonna, you're gonna do that for them. Thank you for listening. Remember, this is not therapy. This is real life. And if you need any more inspiration, please head over to therapyforreallife.com. Check out the self-care tab and you will find a library of self-care resources. And feel free to reach out to me by messaging me at therapyforreallife.com and letting me know what your questions are for the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know by rating and reviewing the show 
or sharing the show with one of your own self-care buddies because self-care is meant to be shared. Have a great day.